All right. <clears throat> Doing our first ever live show trophy, kids. Um, we are here to break down the college football playoff games and this week's biggest bowl games, and I've got to say I'm excited for this one. Um, we are live on YouTube. If you're hearing this through our podcast stream, though, well, you've already missed your chance, but make sure to follow our YouTube page at Trophy Kids Podcast. I'm going to be hopping on live more in the new year uh, to talk about betting lines and, and what we're looking at here and, and how we're breaking down games. But wanted to hop on here real quick today um, to really just go ahead and, and talk about what we're looking at the board-wise here, because there are some very fun, interesting matchups this week um, that I am very much liking and I am betting personally. Um, so let's see what we've got here. Clemson, Tennessee, first game right off the bat. Lines it's set at 3.5, over under is 61.5. And, and this game presents a lot of very interesting challenges from a handicap standpoint. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of opt-outs. It's what makes bowl season so hard this time of year. Uh, but... I do sort of like a side here. I've put one of these teams into a teaser bet. We're going to start just talking about kind of where I think one team can have a lot of success, and that is Tennessee offensively against this Clemson defense. Um, I've been a long time kind of doubter of Dabo the last couple of years. If you've been listening to the Trophy Kids podcast, you know I, this is an organization and a culture that I've been shorting long term. Um, I think Dabo is one of the most overrated coaches in, in all of college football. Um, he had a great band of trusted coordinators that were with him forever, um, and they really propped up this organization, as well as the fact that, you know, the colleges that kids could go to was so selective if they wanted to be trying for big-time college football national champions and getting their names out there and being on TV. There was only a select few schools they could go to, and now with NIL and the expanded playoffs, Clemson doesn't have a chokehold as much on the recruiting grounds as well as the coordinators are gone. We've seen them go to different schools and get head coaching opportunities. They've left. That's shown the deficiency, I think, in Dabo's ability to coach um, and be an effective coach at the college level. Um, and then with NIL coming in, and his brand, I think, is also taking a bit of a nosedive. People are realizing just how cheesy and corny this guy is. Um, and I think long-term, the Clemson program is just not going to be as dominant as they've been in years past. Now, for this game, the thing that makes me concerned and the, thing, the whole reason I led up to that was I think there's a real opportunity here for Tennessee, if they adjust their offense a little bit, to really take advantage of a Clemson defensive front that is down players due to opt-out. And this is a front that, going into the season, a lot of people, myself included, I mean, I came on the Trophy Kids podcast and I talked about how I thought this front for Clemson defensively could be all-time elite. And they just underperformed all year round. And now that, I think, is... Brent Venable's effect um, and him not being there anymore at the, at the school, the talent level was just ungodly, and they just underperformed. And with the opt-outs that they're dealing with, we saw Notre Dame. Now, Tennessee obviously is not Notre Dame in their ability from an offensive line standpoint and to run the ball, but they do have a two-headed back um, backfield that is playing this game. You know, two of their top three wide receivers are out. Hender Hooker is also out. We're going to get the Joe Milton show offensively. So I am sort of anticipating that Tennessee, over this month-long break they've had, will kind of reshape this offense a little bit. And they're going to be a little bit more conservative and a little bit more run-heavy, where I think they're going to find success against this Clemson front seven. And that's going to allow Joe Milton to play off play action and work with his wide receivers in space against a vulnerable Clemson secondary. And Joe Milton's got a lot to show here. Now, we know what the Joe Milton experiment has looked like previous to this. 
you know, it's why he had to transfer out and it's why he went to Clemson. It's why he lost the starting job at, or not Clemson, at Tennessee. Um, you know, he has not been as reliable, but he's auditioning for a starting role next year. I mean, this is his audition. Um, he's getting a great opportunity here. And I, I do like this ability uh, for Clemson to kind of win that battle. So that's one side of the field. And then we flip the side, Clemson's offense versus Tennessee's defense. And I think I've been jumbling up. I, I like Tennessee's ability to take advantage of Clemson's defense. So look at the offense. You know, Klubnik's coming in for Clemson. We saw him do very well against UNC. Came out later than, through Mac Brown that apparently they didn't really prepare for club. I don't know what they were paying attention to and how they missed that he was going to probably be the player for that game. But they didn't really prepare for him. He showed out well. We'll see what this looks like, though. I mean, there is some film on him now. This is a month for Tennessee to prepare for. And Tennessee has shown that they are very weak in the back end of their defense. But the problem is, I don't know if Clemson has the ability to expose that back end of the Tennessee defense. Up front, Tennessee is pretty stout, especially the closer you get to the red zone. They do really kind of come together and play some really good fundamental football, gap integrity. They stiffen up the closer you get to the red zone. And that front for them has been pretty good all season. You have to be able to beat them through the air to really expose this team. And I think Clemson could struggle here. So I do give a slight edge um, to Clemson offensively, though, but it's not big enough to overcome what I think they're going to have to do um, because Tennessee will be more conservative. I think they'll be eating up the clock. So I do have Tennessee in some teaser bets. Um, I've teased them up in six-point teasers. I, I like them as the side. I didn't bet them straight up, uh, but that's the way I, I break down that game. Next big game on the board, Kansas State versus Alabama. This is a side that I've also teased down in my six-point teasers. Um, I've also taken a side straight up in this game. Um, and this game comes down to talent. I think we all were surprised to hear that Bryce Young and Will Anderson and some of the other guys for Alabama would be coming back to play in this game. I certainly was surprised. I, I don't think I'm the only one that was surprised by that. Um, but that helps with the narrative factor. Um, it also helps that Alabama is just a deeper more talented team than Kansas State. And Kansas State, unfortunately, was playing in what was a, a down year for the Big Ten, uh, Big 12, I mean. Certainly a, a good um, conference, but wasn't the best year for them, I don't think. I think the talent was downgraded this year. And I think this is a, a really dangerous spot for a Kansas State team that's going to be punching up uh, in weight classes. They're they're moving up here to play with the big boys. Um, I think you could expect an early uh, jump from Kansas State here, but I think as the game progresses on, as the kind of talent gap starts to show and we really get into this game, I do think Alabama is going to be running away with this one. I just think they're too talented. They're too deep. And also Alabama if we're being honest about it, this is the best time for young guys at the program to get their look. They know they have to step up in these games because every year that is a rotating door of top-tier talent. Even though, you know, some teams have been kind of chopping into that that talent base, still top-tier talent. The guys that have been in the program know that this is their opportunity to shine. They have to show out for next year. They can win position battles already um, in this game. And Nick Saban's a big 
effort guy in, in bowl games. We have Bryce Young returning. We have Will Anderson returning here. I just think it's too much for Kansas City, which has been a great Kansas State, which has been a great story all season um, and has had a lot of success. I just do not think that this is their spot. I like Alabama here. And even though Alabama's been down here and we've we've been pretty honest about them on the Trophy Kids podcast, the wide receiving core has been, I think, the big reason for that, as well as the offensive line just has not been able to keep Bryce Young clean. He's kind of got to be a slippery dude out there and show off his athleticism and why he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. But you know, those two things have been down for Alabama this year, and that's that's been a problem. Um, but I do like them in this spot. I just think as the game wears on, where attrition and conditioning really come into play, I just I don't think Kansas State has has the horses to stay in this one. I think, you know, if you're looking to be a Kansas State backer, you might be want to look at a first half kind of line here. Um, because I do think early early in the game, they're gonna be able to maybe stay with Alabama a little bit, but as it wears on, I, I do think Alabama starts to take this one over. All right. Let's talk about why everybody's really here. College football playoffs. I am very excited. I think matchup-wise this year, pretty interesting matchups. On paper, we'll see how it plays, but let's just start with the big game, the moneymaker. Let's eat our dessert first. Many are thinking that this is the national championship game. I sort of agree with them. They are certainly the two most talented teams in the playoffs, but we know talent on paper doesn't always win because we watch Michigan beat Ohio State the last two years. In both years, Ohio State arguably the more talented team on paper, but Michigan came in there and bullied them. This is sort of my concern for this game. We're going to talk Ohio State, Georgia. I do have a pick in this one. Um, the line's at six. Over under is 62 and a half. Let's break it down, I think, from the most problematic side, um, and that is the Georgia offense versus the Ohio State defense. I have a lot of concerns with this matchup. Um, Georgia, if they don't have to get in a shootout, can really dominate this side of the ball. Their ability to control the line of scrimmage is going to be key here um, and to be able to run the ball. And if they can run the ball effectively and they don't have to get in a shootout and really start to pass the ball and pass the ball towards the sidelines and try to push the ball deep, um, put up a ton of points, and they can kind of control the tempo, their ability to play off play action is absolutely lethal. I have yet to see a team in the country that can defend Georgia's play action with Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, and the rest of that tight end room. It just, Ohio State doesn't have the guys for it. We saw that in the Michigan game and some of their issues with tackling, with big physical teams. This is a really, really big weak spot. I mean, I honestly do not know how Ohio State, as long as Georgia can control the game flow and tempo, how Georgia State, or how Ohio State stops Georgia. I, I don't I don't see an avenue here because their ability to play off play action is absolutely lethal. I cannot stress it enough. It this is the area where it could get embarrassing. The way Ohio State prevents that from getting embarrassing is one, they're gonna have to man up in the trenches and they are going to have to load the box and stop the run so that Georgia cannot play off an efficient pass play action pass offense. And two they're going to have to be really explosive offensively. And that's another big question I have is whether or not Ohio State can be explosive offensively. Because in order to do that, they have to keep Stroud clean. 
And this Georgia team, everybody's been talking about, oh, how this Georgia team's defense is underperforming. Oh, they're not like last year's. Well, yeah, no shit they're not like last year's. This is a team last year that had a historical defense, one of the best defenses these eyeballs have ever seen in college football. Um, And this year it's a little different, but there's still a lot of speed there. And this defense changed on a dime when Jalen got healthy down low. Best player on Georgia's defense. As soon as he came back at defensive tackle, Jalen was able to change the dynamic of that defensive line, and they started to get more pressure. They started to play more free. And there's been this theory that I've been pushing out all season that Georgia sort of has been playing with its food. A lot of people get hang up on the Mizzou game and some other games where they kind of stumbled. And I always come back with the argument that I do think Georgia knew that they are the best team in the country. They played down to a lot of competition and sort of played with their food. And then when it was time to step up in big games, they absolutely put on a world-class show. Um, Now, they they certainly can be beat by Ohio State. Ohio State certainly has the athletes and the ability to beat this Georgia defense. I just have concerns about whether or not they're going to get pinched in the mouth again. And sure, it's cliche and it's kind of stupid to say, but it's... We have two years of data points with this in the Michigan game when they they play a team that defensive line-wise is not going to be bullied. They struggle, and that's my fear here. So if they can't be efficient offensively and if they can't put Georgia in a spot where Georgia has to get out of their comfort zone and they have to be less conservative offensively and they have to really try to push the ball and put a lot of the game on Stenson Bennett's shoulders... I don't know if I see an avenue for for Ohio State to win this game. Now, to cover the game, there is a potential for a backdoor, which makes me nervous, but I backed Georgia. I put my hard-earned cash on Georgia. I just I think the the matchup, Georgia's offense versus that Ohio State defense, is so lopsided in that I don't have enough faith in this Ohio State offense, which we've talked about all year round, how they should be this elite, insane offense and if you break down the numbers they are but when you watch them with your eyeballs it just it feels like something's missing they're not shifting into proper gears correctly they're getting hung up on the clutch like it it, it isn't a well-oiled machine like it should be you could also make the point if you want to back Ohio State that Kirby he's done really well when he's been able to watch Alabama fall against teams in the SEC and see the blueprint and, and adjust. He he doesn't have necessarily a blueprint from one of his protégés uh, or one of his mentors and Nick Saban, I should say, for this game. But he's got film from the Michigan game to watch over, and Kirby is an elite defensive mind. Um, and I just, yeah, I, it could be a really close game, but this is a game that I think could get ugly quick. Um, if Ohio State isn't buckled up defensively, and I have real real questions about whether or not they're going to be buckled up defensively. So, yeah, I, I put my money on Georgia. I like Georgia as the side. I do think they win this game. Um, there's the potential it could be close, but I, I just think that offense versus decent matchup, Georgia versus Ohio State's defense, it, it's just too lopsided right now, and I have real concerns about Ohio State's ability to even contend with those tight ends. Um, they're going to absolutely feast Brock Bowers, prop bets you might want to be looking at. Um, those could be pretty interesting this week. Um, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just I have real concerns about whether or not Ohio State can sustain the onslaught early um, and the physicality early that, that Georgia is going to bring to this game. 
Michigan TCU. This is an awesome matchup. I love the dynamics here. This is a game that I'm having a really hard time picking a side on because I could make arguments for both. Um, TCU has absolutely had a horseshoe shoved up there. You know what all season, um, but they've won. They've to their credit, they haven't gotten down on themselves. They've won some really tough games where it would have been easy to give up early, but they kept fighting. They kept fighting back. Max Duggan's been an absolute dog. Johnson, the wide receiver, has been amazing. I mean, elite wide receiver out there. Michigan's got a corner that can kind of go up and, and match him and Johnson as well. Um, this is an awesome awesome matchup, I think. I think there's a lot of fun, unique things about this game. Um I am interested mostly in how TCU is going to present themselves defensively against this Michigan team. What we saw them do against Texas was nothing short but incredible. I mean, they absolutely put Stark's brain into an absolute blender. Now, they do typically play a more 3-3-5 defense. They like to throw three safeties out there, five DBs, and, and that could give JJ some trouble. But the interesting part is Michigan's going to try to run the ball early here. TCU has to be up to the task of stopping that. And if they can stop that and, and get into some throwing situations and roll their 3-3-5 defense out there, this is going to be interesting to see. This game's going to be pretty interesting. But if they can't stop them, we could have a problem on our hands if you're a TCU backer. Now, Blake Horms obviously out. That's a huge Huge issue, I think, for Michigan as far as that one-two combo. If they had Blake Corum and Edwards going... This this matchup isn't as interesting to me. I think Edwards might be the more versatile, high-ceiling back. I don't think that's going to shock too many people that have watched this team. But he is going to have a cast on his his uh, hand again. Um, hopefully, it's a little bit smaller because he's had you know more time to heal. But word on the street is he he's going to be playing with a cast. Um, so that may limit him catching the ball out of the backfield, which has been a great attribute of his all season long. Um, but he's an electric back. It's just that third guy that... Ah, I don't know yet. So, you know, can Edwards carry the ball 30 times a game? We're going to find out. And will TCU throw some unique blitz packages that that gives the offense a line, which has been a terrific offensive line all season, some issues picking up and, and accounting for a helmet on a helmet? And can they get some pressure and penetration and stop this rush offense um, so that they can roll out their 3-3-5 defense and, and try to give J.J. some issues? That's the question of the day. That's the million-dollar question if you're a TCU backer because they have to be able to stop the run, and that's so oversimplifying this game, obviously, but TCU has shown that they they can throw, throw a wrench in your plan. They did it in that Texas game where Texas looked like they hadn't played football all season in that game. I mean, TCU is throwing some really fun, unique concepts at them. They had zero answers to them. Um, and we'll see what they come up with here. It, this, that's going to be so fascinating. Like I cannot wait to watch that game within the game, that Michigan offense versus this TCU defense. Now, Michigan could blow this wide open because let's be honest, the big boys up front are absolutely dominating the line of scrimmage. And Edwards, like I said, is a shifty electric back, and if he can get going, TCU's really going to struggle. But if they can contain him, that makes the other matchup all that much more interesting because Michigan's defense versus TCU's offense is a fun one. I mean, Michigan's a, a team that is absolutely able to get after the quarterback. They want to put you in big um, big passing down so they, that they can come right at you with their guys on that line who have gotten a lot better. Um, I've loved the way they've progressed all season. The Michigan defensive, defense as a whole has really kind of elevated their game as the season's gone on, which has been great to see. 
But TCU, you know, they are an air raid offense, but they do it a little differently than all the other air raid offenses. They have a unique little twist to the game, um, and they aren't afraid to run the ball while presenting a pass offense. And it's been very interesting to watch. Match Duggins has been an absolute conductor to the max of this series and this this team. Um, so I am super fascinated in this game. I don't have a side in this one. I I completely understand if you're taking Michigan and want to back them because you know there's a very strong argument that this game could get get very difficult for TCU if if they cannot stop the run at all. But I kind of think they are going to stop the run, and that makes this game potentially absolutely electric. Um, I think I have a little bit more faith if you were like gun to the head and it, you got to pick a side. I think I lean a little bit more Michigan from a covering standpoint. I, I think Michigan probably pulls this out, but TCU is just, they've been pulling rabbits out of hats all year long. And they just have so much fight in them that you can never count them out. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm ecstatic to watch this game. This game is going to be so much fun to watch. I think, I think it's going to be the most entertaining matchup. Um, there are so many unique individual games within the games: position battles versus position battles, Johnson versus Johnson on the outside is going to be awesome to watch. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think this is going to be the best game. I could be wrong. Like I said, if, if TCU can't stop the run, they're done. Like if, if we turn on that game in the first quarter, Michigan's just having their way in the trenches with them, then this could get bad. Um, but I, I think this is going to be an electric game and a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be the best game of the night, um, in my honest opinion. And then we roll right in to the Monday games. There's some good ones on Monday. Tulane, USC. Lines one and a half over under 63 and a half. And this game is interesting because I don't know what we're going to get out of USC. USC's season's over. And what we saw in that Utah game when there was a lot still on the line is extremely concerning if you want to back USC in this game. Because what we saw in that game was a defense that had no intentions of tackling. I don't know if they ran a single tackling drill all season. They were quite honestly soft at the point of contact. And you saw Caleb Williams get a hamstring injury. Now, right now, they're going to say he's going, but you do have to question whether or not, if one, he goes, and this isn't just some Lincoln Riley shenanigans um, in which he's going to have him out there. He's in the press saying he's playing so that Tulane has to prepare for him, and then at the last minute, he's going to pull him. Because USC has everything in front of them next year. They have a great returning group of guys. They got a good class coming in, could still get better with the transfer portal. They have a legit shot at making a national championship run, but they're not going to have that shot if Caleb Williams gets hurt in this game um, to a significant degree. And so you do have to wonder about motivation. You have to wonder about how much Caleb Williams is going to be in this game. Will he look to run? Because this offense does not work unless you have a quarterback willing to run. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. He's got his whole future ahead of him. He's got next year with national championship aspirations and another Heisman aspirations and the number one draft pick overall next year. And, you know, you're playing in a game against Tulane that doesn't really mean much and you have your entire career in front of you and I, I do have concerns there and then once again the defense not really buttoned up soft at the point of contact 
doesn't want to tackle in a game that meant a whole lot more than this one. And then you have a two-lane team in here that's just rolling in with good positive news. You know, they retain their coach. Their quarterback is coming back. He's not leaving and transferring. This is a hard-nosed, buttoned-up football team that plays really good collective team football and doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And for the general public, you haven't probably watched a lot of Tulane, but they're a good football team, and they're going to be physical. Now, clearly, they do not have the talent that USC has. But once again, it it it, it makes me nervous to be holding a USC ticket because of the motivational factor, because of all the other things going on, not so much the X's and O's and the talent level in the field, but all the mental stuff and, and what they're looking forward to in the future and whether or not they're really in this game. And we know that's more than half the battle in betting bowl games. So I am not going to be holding a USC ticket. I don't know if I'm going to be holding a Tulane ticket, but I can tell you right now, if I'm betting this game, I'm not betting USC. I just, I have zero faith in their ability to go out, especially if they get, if they come out and Tulane punches them in the face early, whether they just not give up and, and, and kind of bow out. Um, and we and I don't really know if we can take a whole lot of stock into Lincoln Riley saying Caleb Williams is going to play. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. And if he does, at, at, at what level? You know, how much is he in this game? How much is he protecting himself? And, and that's really tough, tough from a handicapping standpoint. Penn State, Utah, last game on the board I'm going to talk about in this live stream. Um, lines at two and a half over under is at 52 and a half. Utah is the favorite. And for a team that I love for a team that as trophy kids betters know, they've made a lot of money. We bet their team total wins over this season. Last year, we bet them to win the pac 12, both tickets of cash. They've made the trophy kids podcast listeners money both years in the future market. I love what Utah does. I love their brand of football. And both teams have had some really crucial opt-outs. Um, Porter Jr. being the biggest, number one wide receiver, two on Penn State, is gone. Same with Utah and, and some of their their key players. Um, I struggle to make the case for Utah in this game. I struggle to make the case for Utah in this game for two main reasons. Their offense is heavily reliant on their tight end production. Both tight ends are out. You have a Penn State team that is saying and doing all the right things. This game means something to them. Um, they have a larger talent gap than Utah does. And to be honest, I the last part of the season, they've been beating who they need to beat, and they lost to who we thought they'd lost to. And if they don't have the turnover issues, they might beat Ohio State, um, a team that is in the playoffs. And Utah, I kind of say the opposite to. I mean, that Florida loss in hindsight looks way worse. You know, USC, they get the advantage of being at home for that that one game, which we bet and, and live bet, and it, it was profitable for us. But, you know, that was a big advantage. And then in the Pac-12 championship, you have a USC team that just doesn't want to tackle, and that's that's not going to be the case. Now, coaching disparity, the coaching edge goes to Utah here, without a doubt. I've been saying for the last three years that James Franklin is, you know, a gas leak that nobody's smelling at Penn State. Like, he's not he's not good enough. Um, to cut it, he he just isn't, um, and we've we've gone into depth on Trophy Kids about this and, and my feelings on it. Um, the coaching edge certainly goes goes to Utah, but I just without their two tight ends and some other key players, I don't know what this Utah team is. I I really struggle to find matchup advantages that they can take advantage of and and put points on the board in this game. Um, and they're they're already in a down year. Utah is in a down year for this program. It's not the same Utah team that we've become accustomed to. It's still a good team, and these players deserve to be here, and they won the Pac-12 back-to-back years, and 
they're in the Rose Bowl, and that deserves all the roses they can get their hands on. Um, and we should be giving them to them. But this is a down year for what you typically think the prototype Utah team is. Um, and I think that Penn State's a little light on this side. And I like the Penn State number. I've taken it. I've thrown them in a teaser, too, uh, to bet them past the seven number. Um, I've put them in a six-point teaser, and and I do like the Penn State side. So that's my betting breakdown for the bowl season. Make sure to check out the NFL show. We have been red hot in NFL bets. We were winning at a 58% clip on the entire season. We started off horrible, but we were off like a herd of turtles, and we're coming in strong here uh, at the end of the season. So make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be doing more live shows. It's going to be a lot more fun. We've got actually some a new uh, co-host that's going to be coming on in the new year, potentially a new show. So make sure you are sticking with for all updates. Make sure you follow at Trophy Gets Pod on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok to make sure you're getting all of our betting content because we give out additional picks there, and those have been red hot. The Cooking with Cooks segment has been boiling hot all year. We've been cooking up some great bets. Um, so make sure you check that all out. We appreciate the support, and as always, happy betting.